Okay. Hi, everybody. Another episode of On Purpose here. I'm Dr. John Duffy, and right over there, near the birds you can hear, is your favorite <laughs> Chicago Tribune columnist, I think still, Heidi Stevens. <laughs> Heidi. The title didn't used to have a question mark after it. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's a amazing slight alteration you... <laughs> to your business card. <laughs> right. You have amazing inflection in your voice. If you could ma magically make a question mark appear <laughs> vocally. Well, I think I think that's kind of what people want to know is like, uh, what what is going on with Heidi Stevens? So um do you want to just get us started here with like you know i think there's some things that are new in your life is that correct yeah yeah lots of things that are new or about to become new and uh -huh. um so first of all um ap apologies for the birds although i am you know i'm glad to hear they aren't are they obnoxious or is it just like no it's actually sound like quite I, lovely it's, it, okay. it seems like we we brought them in for this yeah okay <laughs> it's like yeah, right. it's um one of the choices on the white noise app is birds no. Um, <laughs> no it's actual birds i'm sitting outside in my neighbor's backyard because my house has um contractors in it who are fixing some stuff in our bathroom and um it's very loud so i came to my neighbors uh and sat in their backyard and there are birds and it's beautiful um and and Along those lines, we should tell um, all five, or are we up to six listeners? Uh, all I think there might be six. Yeah. Six that we are going to start recording in person again soon. I think that's our one of our summer goals. We're going to um, figure it out. We're going to find some space somewhere in Chicago. There's got to be some room that is soundproof enough where we can actually get together and record. I'm right. guessing that's there. I think so too. So the so thank you for bearing with us on the sound quality that became, you know, we turned these into Skype calls for COVID and now we can safely gather and now we just need to find a space to start doing that again. So soon, hopefully, um, yes. there won't be bird noise in the background and, you know, Skype. Right. Or if it is, like... it'll be artificial bird noises that right, we right, chose. Right. <laughs> right. And or you could bring and... your pet bird into the studio. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, this is all like a long way of me um, getting around to answering your question, which yeah, is... I noticed it's taking a while. I know. I feel all kinds of ways about this, mm -hmm. John. Um, I'm glad you're a therapist <laughs> because <laughs> we're gonna go there. Um, yes, let's I'm... do this. Okay, I'm leaving the Chicago Tribune. I think my last day is actually tomorrow. Um, Oof. And Man. yeah, it was a really, really hard decision. I've been there 23 years. I've been writing this column since 2012, I think. Um, and, you know, it's a job, right? And people leave jobs all the time. But it's um, it, it has been so much my life um, it, from the beginning, the column was really crap. Somebody's mowing their lawn now. He's <laughs> 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 got way less poignant all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. Well, maybe people just have to listen to me over the lawnmower. Um, it actually is not, I, it's barely there. It's, it's okay, just, good. It's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, okay, then it, we're just out in the yard with you. We're hanging okay, out. Okay, then I'll see you. it through. Okay, <laughs> if he comes over and mows this lawn that I'm sitting in, um, yeah. 
that I'm well gonna... then put him on the put him on the mic and we'll just have a, a word with him as well okay <laughs> <laughs> which of my columns was your favorite man mowing the lawn i don't know who you are uh get away from me lady um anyway uh yes it was very personal in the beginning i you know i i think i mentioned my divorce in the first column which you know just was sort of like a heads up i guess that like this is what this column's going to be, right? We're going to write about like our hard things and our families and what, you know, regrets, yeah. hopes, fears, joys, all of it. And and that's what I did for a while and it was very personal and then it became like, you know what, we're going to like I'm going to tell other people's stories too and and then it became 5 days a week and so it also was like, you know, opinion pieces about policy or you know you name it um you've read it you know what it is <laughs> i'm just I, but, saying but like, how, did, how did it start how did it come to be that you were asked to do a column because before that for for the years before that what is it that you were doing at the trip okay so i started as a page designer because i started there as a 23 year old intern and um i would just uh not just it's an important job lots of people still <laughs> do it um i would lay out like physically lay out the pages here's where the oh. photo goes here's where the headline goes here's where the story has to end and then you know we got to fit a second story on that page so here's where that one starts like all that stuff is done yeah. by a human um yeah. okay now they're mowing the front yard um <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a we're, we're, really it's like a sitcom that has two plots going at once right. <laughs> we'll be tracking this guy he's the subplot <laughs> heidi's career right. is the plot this is it's good. like Crash. Is that the movie with like eight plots <laughs> yes. happening at once? Okay. Right, right. The, the through line is the lawnmower. Um, Let's see what Sandra Bullock's up to. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, she's going along. Um, yeah, started out as a page designer, uh, moved over to editing eventually. Um, so then I edited like mostly arts and entertainment stuff. I was actually Michael's editor for a while. What? Um, is did that not, true? Did not date him during those years. <laughs> we both had other spouses at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I edited. Um, he was a theater critic back then. Um, so I edited his, edited his um, theater reviews. Um, we started. That is, a, that, is a, that is an interesting little tidbit. Go on. Yeah. 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 Um, we started a new entertainment section called On the Town back in 2005 when I was pregnant with June and they, um, made me the like founding editor of that. So I got to get that thing off the ground and, um, you know, like pick staffers and put out a weekly section for a while. That was super fun. Um, you but, edited that entire section. I remember that section. Do you remember it? Yeah. Yeah, it was like I do. Live theater and music yeah. coverage. Yeah. yeah. And reviews. That was super fun. And, and, you know, back in those days, like the Tribune had this huge, robust staff, you know, like. Right. Greg Cott was, you know, like the main. Music guy. Yeah. And then we'd have, you know, we had all these freelancers. Like it just was a different era and it was so much fun. Um, <clears throat> so you know, a few years of editing. And then, um, when I became a writer, it was really, um, reporting, you know, mm -hmm. like I interview sources like I do now, but without any of me in it, you know, I didn't say I, I didn't say we, I didn't, you know, write right. about my own opinions or life. Um, and then we were starting a new Sunday section, um, that was called, 
Sunday, literally. I think it was called Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Very evocative. Um, I was going to say that that couldn't have been a very long meeting. Right. (laughs) 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 And uh, they they wanted like a you know a, a voice to sort of give the section identity and kind of. welcome people to this new section, you know, on the second page or whatever. And so they asked me to do that. I was at the time going through this crazy divorce and, you know, raising little kids and like going on dates and navigating CPS and like, you know, and you know me, I sort of like, obviously I was talking about stuff at the office (laughs) I was going through. So (laughs) there, you know, I remember one editor being like, whatever you put on Facebook, like just write that. And uh, I was like, oh, I could do that. So that became Balancing Act. And it was supposed to be every Sunday, you know, like me balancing all these things. Um, And then it got, you know, a pretty loyal following right away. And and from more different types of people than any of us expected. I think we thought it would be like the, you know, working mom column, right? Or the Mm -hmm, like divorced mom column. or just the mom column and it like, you know, lo- all sorts of people started writing and reading and, and just kind of became like anybody who, um, a-, a lot of people who felt like life wasn't what they expected it to be <laughs> um, yeah. at this point in time. And, and so then my editor said like, try writing it five days a week. And so then it became a five day a week column. And then I really started expanding into more storytelling and, and Wait, can I stop writing. you for a second? Yeah. I, all right. So I fear you're being humble here. Um, okay. And I'm, so I'm going to call you out on it. Uh, okay. <laughs> because, because this, I, I, if I recall, um, the, a lot of people responded to your writing early on, um, you know, and, and you, uh, either, I, I think your writing is, um, hits home for so many people because it's so honest and human. And, um, and so the, uh, I can imagine that it was a bit of a thrill to, you know, be writing a column and, you know, um, having it very personal and then getting to have it expanded to five days a week, I would imagine as somebody who started out at 23 years old working at the paper, this is a big deal, right? Getting this, getting a, a daily column. Yeah. 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 It was a big deal. Thank you. It was. And, um, and I'm partly being humble and you're right. And you're my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this call. So thank you for calling me out on that. But I'm also like entirely serious that it, to this day, after all these years of writing a column and having people email me and interact on social media, uh, um, it still feels like, um, whew, how does it feel? Um, like at any point people are going to be tired of what I have to say, um, or tired of me talking about myself, um, or, or the, the moment will no longer call for that. And, um, and I will have missed all the cues and still be standing there talking about myself. (laughs) People will be like, wow, that's a little pathetic. So, so I, 
it's not faux humility. Like I literally worry all the time and worried the entire time I had this job that like I took it too far. Like people were like, Oh God, she's still talking. Um, Is that right? That feeling never really abated even after years of like, you know, um, hearing from people that this meant so much to me. This one really rang with me. A hundred percent. And some of it is in, you know, all honesty, all, the hate mail and and the mean stuff people would say, of course, then you're going to have like insecurities popping up, but also just that, you know, you don't ever want to like <laughs> jump the shark. And, <laughs> and, but more than that, it's just like, I think it's almost, too, almost feels too good, too good to be true that we really do want to connect with each other on a human level. And like, yeah. that's the thing I'm trying to, really take away from um, this job as I'm leaving it and and from the stuff that people are writing to me as I make my exit, um, that we do want that. I think that's so hard to know with um, all the like toxicity that just swirls around us all the time, whether it's like, I don't know, just the way people talk to each other on Twitter or the fact that we, you know, elected Trump and then people stormed the Capitol and like, just, there's just a lot of, um, violence. Like there's just a lot of, um, a lot of forces in our day-to-day lives that would make it seem like, um, connecting with a stranger's, you know, quiet little moments of reflection or joy or regret or anything would seem like, um, passe or who has time for that or what's the point. And, and, and it feels almost too good to be true when I see, um, people say like, actually, no, I, (laughs) I want that. And, and you know, I had all kinds of like, what would seem like journalistic, um, high points, right. Where like I got to interview Madeline Albright on a stage or Sally Field on a stage or Gloria Steinem called me back or like stuff like that. That feels like, wow, holy shit. Um, and that stuff never did much for readers. Like, you know, fine. People read it, whatever. I didn't like hear from people about that. Like, wow, wow. That's, just, that's really stuck with me. What Madeline Albright said, or like, I can't believe Gloria Steinem called you or like that stuff is not that meaningful to people. It's like, I could write about, um, you know, how, the, the connection that someone had with their dog. Right. Or like yeah. the, the mixed emotions you feel about divorce where it's like half liberation, half, you know, guilt, and then a bunch of grief mixed in there too. Like when I would write about that kind of stuff, like for years, people would write me like I, you know, I clipped this article and it hangs on my fridge or I clipped this article and stuck it in a book I'm reading. And I found it six years later yesterday or like, um, it, it just, I'm, I'm saying this again, not as like faux humility. It's just like, it's not even so much about, me or like how I wrote it. It's just this lovely reminder that like, that's still what we crave from each other. We still crave this like connection that isn't, it's not impressive or showy or, um, like 
total perspective world shifting. It's just more like, yeah, yeah, I feel that too. Or, um, or yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but now that you say it that way, I kind of can see where, you know, my ex is coming from or my kid is coming from, or Mm. it's just these like quiet little moments that when people would write me and say, um, that really landed or like, I've, you know, I held on to that one or, um, always, 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 every time it was about like a pink Christmas tree or, yes. um, you know, like, uh, a line about being a stepmom or like, it just was never big showy, um, like exclusive, you know, interview gets or anything like that. And, um, that gives me a lot of hope, honestly, for, all of us, because I think if we can hold on to that, we can weather a lot. We can weather a pandemic. We can weather um, an attempted coup. (laughs) We can can weather um, a lot because I think that, um, my God, I see um, signs of it every day that, that, that people crave that connection. Not all people, but but a lot of people, enough people, enough yeah. people to make a difference, I think. Yeah, you know, and that's interesting. Like I I um I can imagine that, you know, you get your Madeline Albright moment, and you think like, oh, home run, man. This is it. This is a big column. Um, but then it's these quiet moments, th- these human moments that seem to mean something to somebody. And I'm thinking about like. It is interesting to think back to kind of the scope of your work there, and I'm I'm thinking about what what comes back to me are that you told a lot of stories about people overcoming. Like it wasn't always like you know here's a feel good story about somebody who did something nice for somebody. Sometimes it was like here's somebody who was able to survive like unthinkable, you know, loss or tragedy or grief or devastation. And, um, and even those were uplifting, heartening columns somehow. And, um, and, and, and that, um, that was a little bit of a magic act that you were able to perform to find like kind of the remarkable in, in, in an ordinary story, um, and, and, um, and I think we're drawn to that too. You know, I think we want to know like, you know, um, about the people around us and to think like, okay, we're surrounded by goodness, even in the midst of, um, some things that aren't so great. And, you know, and, and you had this ability to kind of pluck those stories out and you've shared with me, like you would seek them out. You would say, Hey, can I come to your house and talk to you for a while? You would yeah. actually show up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh God, she meant it. <laughs> your, your neighbors are aware of it right, right. now. <laughs> she just comes to your house and then mm-hmm. she sits in your backyard and talks. Um, yes, that's true. I absolutely saw them out um because I read, I've read this in various different places and through various different people's voices, you might even say it to clients yourself. Um, It's tempting to think that when people have experienced something awful, you know, the the Mm -hmm. death of a child, for example, um, that they don't want to talk about it. Um, They don't want you to, you know, 
you don't want to ask about it because you're afraid it's going to like dredge it up um, or make them uncomfortable. And the truth is when you don't talk about it, of course they're still thinking about it. They just feel left alone in it um, when people don't ask. And that just sticks with me in such a profound way that like, Um, I don't ever want to make someone feel alone in what they're going through, especially if I have a job as a storyteller and a connector. And so I for sure sought out um, bereaved parents, especially um, people going through hard stuff. And of course, if they didn't want to talk to me, that's completely fine. And I never forced (laughs) it. But um, but I'm telling you almost every time people wanted to talk. I mean, almost every time. Um, and, um, then, you know, I would always go, you know, go to your house if you'd let me. And, um, and then here's another funny little thing that I don't really talk about much, but I can talk about it now on my way out. Like I never really felt like a journalist. Um, I talked about this a little bit in my farewell column, like the whole, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. (laughs) mantra. Yes. I'm like, I'm not checking that out. Of course your mother loves you. Like that's not, (laughs) you don't fact check mothers. Like that's my gut instinct. Like, you know, stop being such a cynical jerk. Um, but, you know, the journalist side has to kick in and you do have to, like, you know, obviously fact check and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I would sit at people's tables and sob. Like, I have no objectivity. I don't <laughs> I can't be like <laughs> I am, you know, I am objective. I am not feeling this. I am, you know, <laughs> not sharing my own thoughts. Like, I would just be like, you know. Um, the person who sat at your kitchen table and sobbed. Um, and then we would, you know, text each other for, you know, years after. I mean, I, I literally text all the time with people that I interviewed um, years earlier. I don't know. Is that like journalistically sound or objective? Not really. Um, do I But care? that wasn't the point. Not really. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. I mean, um, I just these people opened up their homes to me and trusted me with the most painful thing they ever went through. And so, like, now we're friends. I mean, I know I'm a journalist and you're a source, but like, I'm also your friend if you yeah. let me in in that way. And so. Um, so I don't know. I can't claim that as like a strategy or a style like well I cried with him and then they opened up like it's not (laughs) right 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 I don't mean it like that but it was just like you know um yeah it it, I did seek that out and I felt all that stuff next to them I didn't feel with them I'm not gonna claim to have their level of grief for something you know losing someone they loved but um but you didn't hide who you were either, it sounds like. It sounds like you were, you know, if you felt something, you showed what you felt. You didn't just fight it or, you know, um, or put on any airs or pretend to be anything you weren't, right? It sounds like you were you, and that's yeah. part of what drew people out. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, maybe. I think so. Um, I just think... Um, probably almost any industry... Um, but I, I, I think journalism especially um, needs to give people um, 
more permission to just be humans while they're doing their work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I am, I'm thinking as as you're talking about sitting with grieving parents, there was a column you wrote a year and a half ago or so, um, about a grieving parent and, um, and you and I were talking and, um, and we talked about my brother having died the same way as this boy who died. And, um, and, um, to read about just, just to give you like, uh, to support what you're saying, you know, to read about Tom, to see his name in the paper and to see, you know, his life contextualized a little bit, um, had a more profound emotional impact on me than I had any idea it mm. would, you know, um, yeah. and talking to you about it, um, beforehand, um, I found myself like very much talking to you like I would talk to a therapist, you know, um, just because you're, um, easy and open and, um, and I felt like, oh yeah, I want to share my story with you. And I, and I can imagine that an awful lot of people that you've talked to over the years have like been honored that, that you, um, sought them out and, um, and have like, you know, gotten a lot out of even closure, maybe out of, you know, kind of your work with them, your moment with them. Thank you for saying that. Um, one thing I hear over and over from bereaved parents is, um, especially if it's been a little while since the person died, um, and you're talking about your brother, but maybe you can relate to this a little bit is like, well, no one ever asks about them anymore. Like they ask about my other kids, um, you know, or, or we, I've pictures of my other kids to share on Facebook or, um, you know, we, we get together and we celebrate milestones and, but nobody ever asks like, how's Alex or, um, or you're terrified to ask like, how old would Alex be now? Like that feels like, Oh wow. I just sucked all the air out of the room, um, (laughs) you know, by going there. Like, um, but I, I hear over and over that like people want to be asked. They want to hear the person's name said out loud. They want to hear the name out loud, um, or, or see it in writing. And, um, and it's hard to know how to do that if you're just the neighbor or the friend. Um, but like, that's kind of a gift of, of journalism is like, you can, you can put the name in print or you can say the name out loud during an interview. Um, and you know, that person that someone lost is, is in that person's heart and on their mind, as yeah. you know, almost constantly. Yeah. Um, there's a really tiny, 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 unlikely chance that you're going to say, the name and they're going to be like, Oh my God, I had just gotten over him, you know, so and you had to bring it up, bring it up again. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Finally had a day go by where it wasn't on my mind. Like you probably <laughs> don't have a day go by where it's not on your mind. And so all you've done, hopefully, and you know, I hate to try to say these like platitudes as though they apply to everyone. There's of course going to be exceptions, but I think from what people tell me for the most part, all you've done is help them feel less alone in that thinking about the person all the time, knowing that yeah. someone else is thinking about them too. Someone else thought about them enough to ask you, you know, yeah. Um, how many so, years has it been since, you know, or like, you know, how are you feeling about, or, um, you know, something. 
Did you, were you ever nervous to ask those questions? Like those are like, I'm thinking like as a therapist, like I got trained to ask those questions in a really like um, careful way, you know, um, almost like taking an inventory. Here you are sitting at somebody's kitchen table in a pretty uncontrolled atmosphere. Did it ever feel like, wow, this is, this is scary. Yeah. And you know what I do is what you and I talk about a lot with parenting. And we talked about this with Michelle Eichard um, around her new book, too, is like I um, like give myself permission to word it wrong. And I give the person permission to tell me, like, you worded that wrong. Like, I very much have I stumble my way through stuff like I don't have a script. I don't have like a. Yeah. Here's my foolproof way of asking about hard things. Like I, I often will say like, okay, I'm going to ask this. And if it comes out wrong, I'm sorry. And feel free to tell me that came out wrong, or I don't want to answer that question or that's none of your business. Um, it's how I talk to my kids, you know, <laughs> like, right, right. we got we to talk about your homework. And like, um, if I sound angry, I, I probably shouldn't be leading with anger, but I'm angry right now. I'm sorry. You know, like, this is how I talk. It's not linear. <laughs> we joke. Um, <laughs> sometimes you're like, start over because I think you started to make a point and then you lost it. Um, <laughs> but I do that when I'm interviewing people too. Cause it's like, don't, you know, you're not like, this isn't a, um, you know, a mathematical equation, like this plus yeah. this equals an honest answer. Like this is like two humans sitting here. And like, I, I here's the thing I'm wondering about. Um, let me try to put it into, into words. And if I screw up, tell me, you know, no, that I'm not answering that. Right. Um, right. <laughs> you know, or fix so, it, fix it a different wording, right? Right. Yeah. Different wording. That makes me, you know, that's, I don't like that. That's offensive. Um, yes. you know, I, I probably should have gone to therapy school <laughs> so I could work <laughs> uh, more clearly, but, um, I don't know. It worked for a few years. Oh, it definitely. Uh, listen, it, it more than worked. Um, you, you, you provided this, like, you know, this service of bringing humanity to, our city when we probably most needed it through the years, certainly these most recent years when we most needed it. Um, and I would imagine that there are a couple of questions looming on some people's minds out there. One of them being, what are we going to do without you in that, in that role? And what, what's next for you? Um, okay. So a, you and I are keeping up our podcast, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't back I was out. Waiting. Say it the- <laughs> I was waiting to hear. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to keep it the podcast. We're even going to improve the sound quality. Uh, we are. And version. we've decided not to take the buyout on the podcast. We are right, right, absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Scott offered us a buyout, right? <laughs> it's like. Nice try, Scott. Nice try. Take a lot more than that. (laughs) Right. Right, We're not taking the buyout. Um, Scott's buyout. And um, what else? I, um, this is breaking news. I haven't announced this anywhere. Um, Let's go. Okay. Let's go. We should have a sound effect or something. Uh, (laughs) How about birds chirping? Help us out. (laughs) Wait, let me find a lawnmower. (laughs) Um, I'm still going to write um, a weekly column um, for a uh, newspaper syndicate. So I think this syndicate goes to like 
600 papers around the country. One of them is the Chicago Tribune. So um, I think starting like end of July, I will still be in the Sunday uh, Chicago Tribune. Um, How great is that? First of yeah. all, that is such a relief and such good news. I'm super excited about it. Honest to God, I am. I, Thank I would you. Imagine- there's people, I can hear the applause. It, seriously, that's <laughs> awesome news. <laughs> Thank you. It's going to be different because it's, you know, a national thing. So I, I probably am not going to do as much like telling Chicago stories, although I think some Chicago stories are, um, you know, enlightening and, and interesting to people anywhere. So I'm not going to totally avoid them. But um but it will be a little less like, you know, wake up and, you know, hang, hold my finger in the air and decide which way the wind is blowing in Chicago. <laughs> right <about> that. Um, <laughs> um, a little bit more of a national focus than once a week. But but so I will still be um, I'll still be in the column writing game. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, that'll start in like about a month, I think. Um, and then the more full-time gig I'm doing is, um, going to work for, uh, Dana Suskind at University of Chicago. She is a just phenom in every way. She's a cochlear implant surgeon. So she, um, implants, you know, babies who are born deaf with a device so they can hear. Um, she founded the 30 million words, um, Institute at university of Chicago, um, to, uh, I mean, it would, it's a long mission, but essentially, um, educate, um, and help parents, um, understand the value of surrounding their children with language and words all the time, whether it's like narrating your, trips up and down the grocery store aisles or singing songs to them or just to, you know, feed babies brains. Um, and we'll and talk her. more about that because conceptually, I think we should do a podcast just about her work in, in that regard. I mean, we should yeah. talk to her at some point, right? Totally. Oh, she'd love to come on. Um, so, you know, just, um, empowering parents and, and, and babies and young children has been her life's work for, in, in all different ways. Anyway, now, um, she is writing a new book called Parent Nation. Um, she wants to, and I want to help her, um, build a parent nation. So the idea is that we find a way to rally and unite parents from all different walks of life. Rich, poor, black, white, religious, not religious, gay, straight, liberal, conservative. Um, and use that... Um, you know, that thing we have in common, which is parenting, um, to push for a more family-friendly, parent-friendly America, right? So now we end up bogged down so often in um, arguments that keep, I think, America from living up to its responsibility to parents and young children. Like, well, the mom should stay home or, well, you should have had more money before you had that third kid or, well, you should have like, there's a lot of like, you know, pointing fingers and judgment, judgment, shame. Um, Moms feel shame for needing, you know, help or needing time off or, you know, um, not being able to do this all amazingly successfully without help. Um, when, right. you know, other nations with the amount of, you know, wealth and resources that we have, um, 
do better by their parents, you know, that paid time off and accessible, affordable childcare and, and the kinds of things that we just haven't, um, ever really provided parents. And so we want to, um, we want to get people talking about that and, and fighting for that in a way that, um, you know, um, just hasn't, hasn't happened with a unified front, um, before. And, and I, I think it could work. Um, I have such faith in Dana and her research and her data and her chops. Um, I have faith in, um, America realizing the urgency of this, especially, um, after the pandemic and what that yes. did to women in the workforce and childcare and our understanding of like what happens <laughs> when there's no safety net. Um, right. With the last the year timing is what seems good. Yes. Right. Timing seems good. Um, <laughs> I have faith in our ability to come together even when we don't agree on stuff. I mean, that's what this column has been for me, right? Like, I mean, in a funny way, like the number of people who have emailed me just since Friday who have been like, I can't believe you and John Cass are both leaving. Like, you're my two favorite writers. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? Um, <laughs> you don't hate me. Like I would figure if you read him, you hate me. Um, right. and, um, that is not the case. Uh, so I don't know. I feel, I feel optimistic about this. I feel, and, and, and I just believe in it, you know? So, um, I'm excited. I am. So I am Dana's creative director. I'm the creative director of parent nation. And, um, I'm going to just try to spread the word about her book and, and, um, hopefully start up a newsletter and, and populate, you know, a blog with parent stories and, um, just really get the word out on, on the book and the concepts in the book. And we're going to write, I think, discussion guides for book clubs and all kinds of stuff. So we want to, we want to make this into a movement. And I think you're, I think you're going to Heidi. I'm, I'm so, when you first told me about this, I thought, I, I don't know if you could tell, but my mind was blown because I couldn't think of a better next chapter for you. Dana sounds amazing. And, um, the two of you together, I think are going to start a, a, an absolute national or international movement. And I will say there, I, I carry an element of bitterness having titled two parent books with like uh, titles as choppy as parenting the new teen in the age of anxiety <laughs> coming up with parent nation is so cool and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't, yeah, I had no hand in that, but I, I agree. It's a great title. And also, you know, huge, huge part of this is that like, there's tons of people already doing this work, right? There's tons of nonprofits and politicians mm -hmm. and authors and um, you know, coaching programs and all sorts of stuff that are like already working toward building a parent nation. And a lot of what we want to do is like educate ourselves on all of those, introduce ourselves to those, lift up the work of those. Like really, if we start a newsletter and a blog and all the things like, you know, we want to spotlight like, Hey, here's somebody who's already doing this, send them your money or like sign up for their services or, you know, tweet about them or whatever. Like, because this isn't like, you know, to your point, you've written to like the idea of like, you know, writing a parenting book or the idea of like, you know, pushing for a more family friendly America. That's 
it's not a new idea. Um, people have been fighting for that and, and, and are day in and day out fighting for that. And we just want to like, um, corral that energy. Yeah. You know? It sounds like you want to unite, unite some of these groups and, and, and corral that energy and, um, and maybe create something new or maybe a new perspective on it. I, I'm just, I'm super excited. I cannot wait to see um, where it goes because um, it, it sounds, it sounds amazing and uh, inventive and the, the energy of just listening to you talk about it and listening to you talk about Dana and knowing you and your work, it feels unstoppable. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Can I tell you before we go, I know we're almost out of time, but can I tell you how I met Dana? Oh uh, yeah. Cause it, it fits in well yeah. with our earlier conversation. <laughs> so, um, Dana was married to, um, Donald Liu who, um, helped found the Comer children's hospital. Um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal, um, you know, uh, pediatric surgeon. Um, he, drowned in Lake Michigan, saving mm. two boys. Um, and, um, it was a, a big, awful news story, uh, because yeah. he was a big deal in Chicago. Um, and they had three kids and, um, and so it was, you know, it was in addition to being a, a horrible private tragedy, it was also a, a public tragedy and that it, there was news coverage of it. Um, anyway, I, I ended up, um, being assigned, um, at the time I didn't have a column. I don't think I was just a reporter. I, I, I think ended up being assigned to write a story about Dana. Um, you know, sort of this, um, recovering from this tragedy and also this amazing work she does at, you know, as a surgeon and, yeah. and, um, it was very much what, uh, what we were just talking about. Um, <laughs> I had to, um, you know, ask her questions that I wasn't sure were any of my business and didn't know how much she'd want to talk about it. And she went through a terrible, terrible thing. And, and I, God knows how I got around to this, but I somehow brought up my divorce, which was kind of new at the time. And, um, she said to me, Oh, we became single moms at the same time. And, uh, I was like, Holy shit. That is like <laughs> such an incredibly generous thing for her to say, because I don't, I, we, I mean, that there's nothing in common with how right. she became a single mom and how I did. Um, and it just was this like moment where we kind of locked eyes, like, wow, I, I just sat there in awe of her for making that kind of statement. Um, and her generosity and resilience and all of that. And, and she was kind of like, okay, now we're just like two single moms sitting in this office talking. And, um, that and, is amazing. Yeah. It was yeah, amazing. That's lovely. Yeah. And, uh, and we stayed friends, you know, that's my other thing. Like we did, you know, like I wrote about her and then, um, <laughs> and then I just became her friend and we, um, we've stayed pals and I, you know, was over there for coffee one day, not that long ago. And she started telling me about parent nation and I was like, oof, I want to be part of this. Um, so, um, yeah, kind of to take our conversation full circle. Yep. Yep. Um, no, super excited about parent nation and, and you and Dana, so glad 
you're going to continue writing. I think, you know, your, your weekly column is going to be a salve for the rest of us who do not want you to just disappear off of print. And, um, uh, and, you know, I think, you know, I'll speak for, you know, our, our audience and, you know, we've so loved reading your column all these years and are so grateful to you for your generosity in um, kind of putting yourself out there and, you know, going out of your way to, to tell parents, people's stories with such, such like kind of like humanity and kindness and reminding us kind of who we are underneath it all. And, um, and I think we all wish you all good things and are banking on you to kind of carry us through whatever comes next. (laughs) Thank you. I will try to live up to that, um, that assignment. Like yeah. That. So congratulations, Heidi. I mean, like this is the, what, what, what an exciting time for you. And in the meantime, you're going to be gone on vacation for a bit and then we'll yep. be, hopefully I'm going to try to make it our goal that next time we record, we record in person. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's goal. plan. I like it. Awesome. Okay. Excellent. All right. Okay. Thanks. Congratulations Ron. again. All right. Thank talk you. to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye.